Romans chapter number 14. Now, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you are saved. Heaven is your home. We uh, had the opportunity on Wednesday and Thursday to preach uh, funerals. In each of those funerals, I opened up the Bible and I talked about the Lord Jesus Christ, how he said this, that, uh, that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, and that there's no, way, there's no way to get to the Father but by Jesus Christ, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. God sent his son into this world. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I remember as a six-year-old boy, I heard the gospel message preached. Now, I heard it many a times, probably hundreds of times leading up to that place and that time. But I remember as a six-year-old boy uh, uh, going into a side room off the auditorium during vacation Bible school and bowing my head and saying, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know I cannot save myself. But today, I trust you as my Savior. And that day, I was gloriously saved. Once I'm saved, I never have to worry about that again. Jesus went and died on the cross, and I never have to worry, worry about losing that. Jesus has me sealed in the Father's hand because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm saved by grace. You could be saved today as well. It's through the same ways, through Jesus Christ. But there is a, there is a meeting. There is going to be a meeting that takes place after death. All those, all those that are saved there is going to be a meeting that we must prepare for. Preparing for this meeting that's called the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to see uh, with me in Romans chapter 14, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 7, read again up through verse number 10. The Bible says, For none of us liveth on himself, or to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Again, verse number 10, But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to just mark, if you mark in your Bible, make a habit, just mark those words. We, we shall all stand at the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians, just a, just a few pages, Romans, and then we go into 1 Corinthians, and then 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, just a couple, couple books over from where you're at in Romans. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and we... Come to verse number 9, if you'd find that. Second Corinthians 5, verse number 9. The Bible says this, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to, 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 uh, to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consequence. 
Well, I want you to, to uh, understand this morning for what we, what we do in this body determines what that day is going to be for us as we stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the judgment seat of Christ are, is for believers. This is not for lost people to stand before Christ. This is going to be a time where believers that have trusted in Jesus Christ, there's going to be a time, the Bible tells us, that, that it's called the rapture of the church where the trump of God is going to sound and Jesus is going to step out into the clouds and he's going to call his, his that have trusted him, call them to him into the clouds. And we find the Bible says in, in Thessalonians that those that are dead are going to rise first and then those that are alive and remain. So if, if the Lord were to come back at this very moment, all those that are in the grave, they're going to come out and all of us that are still alive remain that have trusted in Jesus Christ, we are going to be caught up in the clouds to be with Jesus. At that point is the start of the rapture. That's when the Antichrist will come and set up his, his kingdom or his, his uh, uh, government here upon this earth. And immediately after that time, immediately after we are caught up, there's going to be a, a time of, of the, the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to see in verse number 9 of 2 Corinthians, if you would, go back and uh, look at this, 2 Corinthians 5. If you'd see again in verse number 9, wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. You know, we get ready for this day now. It's not something that we get ready for when we get there. What we're doing now here upon this earth as, as a child of God, as a believer in Christ, that is what's going to determine what's going to happen there at that judgment seat of Christ. Some people believe this, we'll just live our life and then when I stand before Christ, I'll, I'll just deal with whatever I have to deal with at that time. It's too late once you get standing before the judgment seat of Christ. What we do now is important. How we live now is going to determine what happens there when we stand. We're going to give an account for our stewardship of what God has entrusted us with. We're going to give an account of that word stewardship. That's every aspect of our life. Everything that God has allowed us to have here as we're living, we're going to give an account as we stand before Jesus Christ. I want, to chat, I want to ask you this question. I want all of us to answer this question here this morning. How will it be for me? as I stand here at this judgment seat of Christ. How will it be for me? You know, a lot of times in messages that we preach, you can always look at somebody else and say, boy, they really needed that. I'll get, every so often, I'll get a husband or a wife that'll come and say, boy, I'm glad you preached that. Uh, you must have talked to my spouse, you know, before the message today. And uh, they reminded me all through the message, this is for you, Listen. I've had people say, look, I, I took the podcast and I emailed or text the podcast to somebody that really needed that message, Pastor. I'm glad you preached it. This is not this morning for someone that you think might need it. I want you to ask yourself this question. What is this going to be like for me? What's my life like here upon this earth? How am I living? What am I doing? How am I, how am I stewarding what God has blessed me with? How am I stewarding my days? How am I stewarding my decisions? How am I living? What is it going to be for me as I stand here at the judgment seat of Christ? We believe this, that Jesus Christ is coming again. 
Look with me in Matthew chapter number 24, if you would please. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to turn to some scriptures, uh, several scriptures here today. So if you, uh, if you can't maybe keep up, just, just pay close attention. Just write the scripture verses down on the back of your bulletin. You can always go back and study those later. But I want you to go to Matthew chapter number 24 here this morning. Matthew 24. And we're going to look at verse number 44 this morning. Matthew 24. Verse number 44, the Bible says this, Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Jesus is coming again. He's promised. There's going to be a time where he steps out, as I said, in, in the rapture of the church. He's coming. Matter of fact, the, the, the angel said to the apostles there, and I'm paraphrasing, well, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing? Jesus is, he's coming again. He's going to return. And since Jesus has, has resurrected from the grave, and since he has ascended into heaven, all generations of Christianity have anticipated the return of Christ. We talk about it. Matter of fact, Paul said to comfort one another with these words that Jesus is coming again. Aren't you so glad that, that there is something after this life? There's heaven. Matter of fact, Jesus said this, that he goes to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is there. Now, those that have trusted in Jesus Christ, he's preparing a place at one time. We're not sure when it is, the Bible says, but at some point in time, he's going to come again. And we rejoice in that. But there is going to be a day, a judgment seat of Christ that we're going to have to stand before. I want us to anticipate that day. I want us to be ready for that day. I want us to to know that one day we're going to stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ, we are going to give an account for how we behaved here in this body. When he comes, when he comes, it's going to be personal. He's coming again. He himself is coming again. Aren't you so glad that he's not sending someone else to come get us? Well, this is personal. He's coming again. We're going to meet him in the air. This is going to be a personal personal thing. He's also coming victoriously. The first time he came, he came to suffer. The first time he came, he was beaten and he was bruised. The first time he came, he went to the cross. He was lied about. Matter of fact, they called him the devil. The first time he came, he took your sin and my sin on the cross. The first time he came, he was nailed to a tree. The first time he came, he had to endure death. But this time, the next time he comes, he's coming victoriously. He's coming to get his bride. There will be no more suffering this time when he comes. He's coming to receive us. He's coming victoriously. He's coming personally. He's coming victoriously. And also we find this, he's coming suddenly. The Bible tells us this, at a twinkling of an eye. Now, that's pretty quick. That's pretty quick, isn't it? That's like faster than you can blink. He's coming. Just like this. He's coming. Jesus Christ is coming again. And we know he's coming. We know that he's coming because he tells us he's coming again. 
And at his coming, there, there's going to be the tribulation period. The first three and a half years will not be as bad as the, the final three and a half years. Those final three and a half years of tribulation, there's going to be great judgment upon this earth. It's going to be a, a horrible, miserable time, the tribulation period. But we won't be here during that time. But when he does come and receive us, there is going to be a meeting called the judgment seat of Christ. We need to be ready for this, believers. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians, if you would, please. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3. Verse number 12. The Bible says this. 1 Corinthians 3.12, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. You see, he's got there from anywhere from gold and silver and precious stone to wood, hay, and stubble. He's got the things that'll last and things that'll burn. He said, Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's works you see this? Of what sort it is. Of what sort it is. I want you to turn with me. If you would, please. Well, let, me, let me read just two more verses. We'll go to chapter number four here. If any man's work abide which he hath built upon, uh, verse 14, he shall receive a reward. You see that? Now, that is something to anticipate, isn't it? Let me read that one more time. The Bible says, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And so if, if, if we live our life in such a way where, where when we stand before Christ and, and, and it's consumed with fire and it stands, it's gold or silver or precious stone, then we're going to receive a reward. If it's wood, hay, or stubble, if we live our life and it's consumed and, and there's nothing profitable there, then there's nothing to receive. We lived our life and it's burned. I want you to continue reading here, verse number 15. If, a man, if any man's works shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Now, what, what he's speaking of there is this. You're not going to lose your salvation. You're saved. The judgment seat of Christ is not a place to determine if a person is saved. If you are standing at the judgment seat of Christ, you know what that means? You're a child of God. You're saved. And you're not going to stand there before Christ and in him determine if you are going to enter in heaven or not. It's already been determined. The day you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the day that you believed on him, the day that you put your faith in what he did upon the cross and you confessed your sin, that day determined how you're going to spend eternity. And if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, your, your eternity is sealed. You are going to spend eternity in heaven. But when we stand at this meeting, when Christ calls his church home and we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, he's not now judging whether we are saved or not. We're saved. We can't lose our salvation. What he's looking at now is how did you live your life? Did you live it pleasing to him? Did you live it for eternity in mind? Or did you live a selfish life, a self-centered life, a life that has nothing to offer for eternity? You know, we can do a lot of good things, but we could do, those, do them for the wrong reason. And here we're going to find that what, what we did, the works that we've done, they're going to be tried. 
I want you to turn with me to First, uh, first Corinthians chapter 4, just probably a page over or so in your Bible, First Corinthians chapter 4. In verse number 5, 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. I want you to see something here. He says this, the Lord, when he comes and he stands before him, he's going to bring to light the hidden things of darkness. Listen, there are going to be things that we are doing that people think they're going to get away from, get away with. You're not getting away with anything before God. We have these, we have these Cadbury eggs for Easter. Anybody else addicted to Cadbury eggs for Easter? Now, I am trying with my wife's help Matter of fact, I'm not trying. I'm just, my wife is just making me do this. I am trying to lose weight. I mean, I am trying my hardest. With all her help, I'm trying. I mean, she makes me salads. She makes me... It's disgusting, some of the things I'm eating. I'll just be quite frank with you. It's horrible. I never knew that being healthy was so miserable, but it is. Well, every so often my wife will ask me to go to the store, and as I go into the store, you know what is right there by every store I go into? Cadbury eggs. And they know my name. They call my name. So you know what I do? I do what every good dad would do. I buy them for the kids, you know. Buy them for the kids. So we went, and, and uh, I bought some for the kids, and they were in a box of four, and, and so I've got five kids, so I need two boxes. <laughs> but that's not fair because there's not enough to go around for two, so I need to get four boxes, you know? And so, yeah. So I went home the other, I think it was Thursday. My wife is, is at a Bible study with the ladies, and I wanted to have a good evening with our kids, and so I bought them home some Cadbury eggs, and I gave them all a Cadbury egg. When my wife finds that out, you know what she does? She goes and she counts them. She knows we have five kids. So therefore, there should be five eggs missing, but there were six that night. And I'm telling you, I was in bed. I thought I got away with it. I put the wrapper in her trash can in her bathroom. Not mine, because I know she goes and looks. I thought it was done. I thought... I thought I got away with eating a Cadbury egg. And it felt so good. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it was late. The light went on in our room. A flashlight into my face. You know, if those of you that have been arrested before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I looked up, out of a dead sleep, I looked up and there she is. What did you do tonight? I said, what are you talking about? I put the kids to bed. I bathed them. And she said, I'm talking about the egg. I'm talking about the egg. I thought I got away with it. You know, sometimes we do things in our life and we think that nobody's going to find out. We think we have it hidden. We think because there was, was, was we've hidden the evidence and nobody's going to find it. We think, we think that we can get away with those things. But I want you to understand what Paul is saying here to the Corinthian church. There is going to be a time where it is going to be revealed. God sees everything. 
He sees it all. It's going to be revealed when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, what we thought was hidden, what we thought we got away with, what we thought no one else knew. It is going to be revealed. God knows, Christian. This message here today is a message to challenge our church to be prepared for the judgment seat of Christ. My goal would be for none of us to stand there and, and have our lives just up in flames where, where we were saved, but just pretty much saved by fire. We entered into heaven, but we had nothing to give to the feet of Jesus. We stood before the Lord embarrassed. We lived our life, a, a selfish life, a self-centered life. No, we need to live our life pleasing the Lord with eternity in mind so that when we stand before Christ, we receive rewards, not embarrassment. We might think we never got caught, but my friend, God sees it all. I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I know there's a lot of verses here, and on a Sunday morning that might be a little bit unusual, but I need you to see this as this builds. Verse number, chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 24. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 24. We'll read down to the end of the chapter. Know ye not that they which run a race run all? But one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But I want you to see this. But we, an incorruptible. There are going to be some crowns. I want us to see those here this morning. When we live our life in such a way that when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ and our life is evaluated and our life is judged, there is rewards that are going to be given. The first one I want you to see here is this incorruptible uh, crown. I therefore so run, verse number 26, not as uncertainly, but so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest they by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. There are certain crowns that we can receive. Now, I want you to understand something about these crowns as we start to look at, I, want, I, I hope to get to five crowns here today. As we look for these crowns, these aren't crowns that we get so that we can say, look at me. These aren't crowns that we live our life so that we can obtain so that when we get to heaven, we walk around and people say, look how great of a Christian that person is. Look at all the crowns that they have. No, these are crowns. These are rewards that we get so that when we see Jesus, we have something to lay at his feet. We have something to give back to him because of what he did for us upon the cross of Calvary. That's why we want to receive crowns. And the first one we see here, the first crown that we see here is the incorruptible crown. This is one that, 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 that uh, we obtain through victory over the old life. You know, the, the moment that you got saved, the Bible says, yes, there's a, you're a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. But you know what's still inside of us? That old man. That old man that's inside of us. You know, that old man, when I walked through and I saw that egg, that Cadbury, that, 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 that cream-filled chocolate egg, it's my flesh that said, you have to have that. It's my flesh that said, we need it. It's my flesh that said, you can't survive without this. You won't be happy. It won't be a good day. You won't have a good life. You need this. 
That's that old man inside of me. And whatever your sin is, that old flesh says the same thing about your sin. You need this. You need this to survive. You need this to make us happy. And that old flesh there is constantly the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the, the pride of life. It's constantly aggravating us as Christians, isn't it? It's constantly. Well, I wish, I wish that the moment that we got saved, Brother Kudrow, that it was easy to live the Christian life from that point forward. Hey, I'm saved. I don't ever have to worry about another thing. Brother Ganya, I never have to think about temptation anymore. I never have to think about sin anymore. Oh, that's not the way it is. You know, it seems like this. Once you get saved, the attacks come from everywhere. But there's a crown that we can obtain. That crown is an incorruptible crown. That's there to, to, for those that have victory over this old life. I don't want to live my life where I'm constantly, I'm constantly giving in to my flesh. I don't want to live my life where I'm constantly giving in to the, to the pleasures of this world. I don't want to live my life where I'm constantly giving over to lust and lust of my eyes and the pride of life. And we don't have to live our life that way. We can live a life yielded to Christ. And those that live a life yielded to Christ, when they stand there at the judgment seat of Christ, there is going to be an incorruptible crown that's going to be given to those that denied themselves of the, the lust of this flesh, denied themselves of the lust of the eyes, denied themselves of the pride of life, and there's going to be a crown that's going to be given. It's an incorruptible crown. I would ask you this this morning, are you prepared to receive that crown? Are you prepared? Because when we stand before Christ and everything we've done is tried by fire, what's going to last? I want you to see this, 1 Thessalonians. I need to hurry. 1 Thessalonians, if you'll turn there, just toward the back of your Bible. 1 Thessalonians. If you went to Revelation, you went too far. Right. 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 2. You with me this morning? Okay. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse number 19. Look with me here. He says this. Paul, speaking to the church, he says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. This second crown we find in 1 Thessalonians 2.19, it's a crown of rejoicing it's called. You know what this crown is? This crown is a soul-winning crown. Those that spend their life testifying of who Jesus is in, in, in desiring and in desiring for others to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, there are some Christians that live their life and they think this, it's really none of my business. It's really none of my business if, 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 if somebody else, where they're going to spend eternity. And they live their life in such a way where they're minding their own business. But the reality is this, it is our business as a child of God because there's a command upon us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. There is the business of the Christian to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I had a family come to me and say, I want you to do our funeral. And, and um, I said, uh, let's sit and talk and, and begin to talk. And they said, we're not Christian and we really, don't want, we really don't want Christian things talked about at the funeral. And I said to them, boy, I, I can't help you. You're like 
It's like taking your car to the mechanic and saying, hey, I want you to, um, I want to give you my car, but I don't want you to fix anything because you're a mechanic. And I said, I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher of the gospel. That's what I do. I need to, I need to preach the gospel. So, so if I stand up at any, to- any point and do something other than preach the gospel, then I'm not doing what God's called me to do. Listen to me, it is our business. It is our business. We must speak to people about their soul. We must speak to people about where they're going to spend eternity. God has saved us, and once he saved us, he's given us a command to go and share the gospel. Every Christian ought to be consumed with the world knowing who Jesus Christ is. And there's a crown. There's a crown that's given to those that preach the gospel. There's a crown given to those that are soul winners. We must make it our business to do God's business here upon this earth. And God's business is saving souls. We must make it our business. And so we find there is an incorruptible crown. That's the way we live. We live not giving in to the old man. We live allowing the Holy Spirit of God to control us. We live a life in such a way we find, we find the second crown. We live, we receive this crown by sharing the gospel, being a soul winner, telling others about Jesus Christ. The third crown I want you to see. I'm going somewhere with this. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter four, just a few pages toward the back of your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 8. Paul says to Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. faith. Henceforth, verse number 8, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. What day? That day, the judgment seat of Christ. And not only to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now I want you to see this. There is a crown of righteousness. And then he says this, it's going to be given to not just Paul, but everyone that does what? That loves his appearing. The crown of righteousness, third crown. This crown is a crown of those that love his appearing. Now, there's a difference between knowing Christ is coming back in loving and anticipating the day for him to come. My in-laws, I think they'll be here in the second service. They came in this weekend. And for a month, my wife has been planning. I mean, every day. Reminding me, don't, don't, don't do anything Friday and Saturday and Sunday. My, my, my parents are coming in. She's been anticipating them coming. She, she's kept it a secret from, from the kids because she, she likes it to be a surprise. Anticipation. Yesterday, uh, uh, or some, some situations happened there where they're at and they weren't able to come on Friday. And my wife was, was very disappointed they didn't come on Friday. But she said they're coming Saturday morning. Now, Saturday, Saturday's a day to sleep in. Can I get a witness there? Amen. No man, no man ought to be dragged out of the bed to do anything preparing for his in-laws to come on Saturday. No man. The alarm went off. And I leaned over and I said, it must be 1030. No, I didn't say that. It was 630. My wife hops out of bed. She says, my, my parents are coming. There's things to do. I said, I hope I get a phone call from the church 
so I can leave. <laughs> we're vacuuming and we're straightening up. And I said to her, I said, Michelle, it's just your parents. Oh, no, don't ever say that. It's just your parents. Wow. She looked at me. Kind of like that look when that flashlight was in my face when the Cadbury egg. And she gave me my list of everything needed to be done. She could not wait till those that she loved came to see her. And they give her the update. Siri or the whatever your phone says you're 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. We're pulling around the corner. They're waiting by the door. So that they open the door as they walk up because someone they love has arrived. There's a big difference between that and someone coming and no care. You see, Paul says this, he has fought a good fight. He has lived his life in such a way because he cannot wait for the appearing. He loves the appearing of the Lord. You know, we can lose sight of loving the Lord because of our own selfishness. You know, we can live our life in such a way where we're not even thinking. You know, the day we live today, we ought to be living with the thought that he could come at any moment. So I want to be careful, little eyes, what you see. I want to be careful, little ears, what you hear. I want to be careful, little feet, where you go. Why? Because at any moment, the one I love, the one that died for me, the one that I can't wait till he appears, he's coming back, and I want to be ready for him when he comes. Paul lived his life that way. And he lived his life in such a way where those that love his appearing, there's going to be a crown of righteousness given. Do you live your life that way? Preparing for the judgment seat of Christ? Let me turn here with you. James chapter number one. James chapter one. I'm round in third. James chapter one. Verse number 12. James chapter 1, verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. There's a fourth crown that's going to be given to us here at this day. And it's the crown of life. This crown is to those that endureth temptation or endureth trials. What stops you as a Christian? You know, there are going to be many, many things, many events in our life that, that they're there to tempt us, to try us. There's going to be many things in our life that, that uh, are going to come our way. But we as a Christian, we need to determine that we are not going to give up when we're in the middle of a temptation, when we're in the middle of a trial. We're not going to give in. We're going to, we're going to keep moving on for the cause of Christ. Well, I've been so encouraged. I've dealt much with the Dissip family uh, over these last few weeks and, and uh, really over the last 
I guess, uh, eight or nine months since they buried their first, their daughter. And then, then this past week buried their son. And boy, what a, what a trying time to, to give your life to the Lord and be faithful in serving him. And then, and then cancer come and take your 40-year-old daughter. And then cancer come and take your 48-year-old son. I'll tell you, if somebody, if somebody's had an excuse to quit, it could be someone that's endured trials like that. But I'm so glad there's examples of Christians that when trials come and when and difficulties come and when temptations come, we don't quit. We keep going on for God. Oh, it's difficult here upon this earth. But there is a crown. There is a reward that's going to be given to those. It's the crown of life, those that endure trials. Last one, I want you to see this in 1 Peter. Just a few pages over again to the end of the, over to the, end of the Bible. Just a few pages, 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now this is a crown of glory, and this is Peter said here to the elders. I exhort you in verse number 1, he's speaking to the elders. He says this in verse number 2, feed the flock of God. This is a crown, the crown of glory that's given to those that are feeding, those that are teaching, those that are feeding spiritually. Those that are consumed with taking the word of God, investing in the word of God in someone else's life so they could know the word of God, so they could live the word of God, so they could be found pleasing to God. This is the fifth crown. And so there's an opportunity, I believe, for each and every one of us here today to live our life in such a way where we can receive these crowns because Jesus is coming again. And there is a judgment seat of Christ that every single one of us are going to appear at. You can live your life in such a way where there's nothing. Now, you've got your salvation. You're saved. Yes, you're saved. The judgment seat of Christ has not determined that. You're saved, but there's nothing at that time for you to live to give back to Jesus Christ because you lived your life in such a selfish way. I'm finished with this, Revelation chapter 4. Just last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, in verse number 9. Revelation 4, verse number 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You see, there's going to be crowns that are earned so that we can lay them at the feet of Jesus Christ. Could it be that God, being such a wise God, that he's designed the Christian life so that as we live it the best that we can, it brings us opportunities to lay crowns back at the feet of Jesus. Here's a God that said this, I want to save you. 
I want to redeem you back to me. And once you're saved, I then am going to give you an opportunity to live a life in such a way that I'm going to give you crowns so that when you see Jesus, you have something to lay back at his feet. Have you ever gone over to somebody's house and you were the only one that didn't bring a gift? You know, even if it's not a birthday, I guess like ladies are supposed to bring a gift to somebody's house. That's a pretty sweet deal. Did you ever do that and you were in a rush, maybe you didn't get time and you get there and there's several other families that are there and they all had a nice little gift for the host. And you were just like, yeah, we forgot something in the car. Huh. We'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> Where, where's the closest drugstore at? Or Walmart? It's embarrassing to stand there when somebody else is laying something at the feet of Jesus and you say there's nothing. And God designed your life and my life in such a way where we don't have to stand before Jesus with nothing. There's not a person out there that has more of an opportunity or God loves better that he's going to give you more so you can give to Jesus. Each and every one of us have the opportunity to live a life in such a way where we've got crowns because one day Jesus is coming back. One day there's going to be a judgment seat of Christ for all those that have trusted him. There's going to be an opportunity where all the things that we've done are tried by fire and those that are gold and silver and precious stone, they're going to survive and because of that we'll receive crowns and and then we'll see Jesus Christ and lay those crowns back at his feet. Or there'll be nothing. I want to ask you this question. What will the judgment seat of Christ look like for you? And there's hope. Because as long as you have life, you have an opportunity to serve him. Take that opportunity. Determine that when I see Jesus face to face, I'll have something to lay at his feet.